everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of The Wrap right here on the Fight Game Media Network. Happy Sunday morning to you all as we kick off a brand new week early than usual due to the 2023 Warrior Rumble going down last night from the Alamo Dome in San Antonio, Texas. I'm Keela Cash, and by my side, as always, is my right hand, my co-captain, the sometimes advocate for the rapidly improving Von Wagner. I bring to you once a month on the free feed, Perky Scott Young. Welcome back, Perky. Thank you for having me, Keela. As always, it's a pleasure to chop it up and talk all things WWE with you. Uh, very excited to talk about the Royal Rumble. A good show, not great, but uh, we're going to get to it. Yes, we can safely say this show is better than what we got last year. It was a very depressing show to review. This was miles better than what we got a year ago. No WrestleMania signs were set on fire, which was a relief. And I thought this was a very good show. It was not perfect. There are some definite highs and lows, but I feel very comfortable as we start the road to WrestleMania season again. And I felt like there was a clear direction heading into this year's mania, which I am very intrigued to see how it all plays out on TV in the next two months. Sometimes the most obvious choice isn't always the wrong choice. So, um, and I think they did the right, I, th- I think they made the right decisions tonight. So, and we'll see, obviously it's all about the, the follow-up, but as of right now, I, I was happy with what I saw. Yes, predictability is sometimes a good thing. I will suggest they might have kept one particular entry a surprise in the Men's Warrior Rumble. I'll get to that momentarily. But overall, I'm very happy with the winners of this year's Warrior Rumble matches. I am not complaining one bit. I'm looking forward to what's going to happen on Raw and SmackDown this week. But before we dive into the Rumble card as a whole, we have to dive into our second favorite topic, which is the NBA Western Conference standings. And I'm looking at the records right now. The Warriors are in the seventh spot playing situation, 25-24, batting a little over 500, 5-5 five five in their last 10 on a two-game winning streak. And in 13th place are the Los Angeles Lakers, 23 and 27, four and six in their last 10. And they lost last night to their arch rivals, the Boston Celtics. Oh, it's just egregious uh, refereeing. And uh, I think, uh, I can't remember his name, but he needs to be checked because the Celtics are 36 and two in the last, you know, 38 games that he's officiated since 2020. So there's obviously something there. I mean, clearly, right? But anyway, Three games out of 500, AD came back. And, you know, regardless of what he gives us offensively, because I think we can make up for that with the way Thomas Bryant and LeBron especially has been playing, if Dennis can get his stroke back. But his defense is just – you can't account for that when he's gone. So him being back is going to be a huge boost. I think we'll be able to get to 500 by the All-Star break. And after that, I mean, as we were talking about off-air, as tight as the West is from 3 through 11, we can make a run. I like how you're trying to hold on to hope, Scott. Still I got time. That about you. Time is fleeting. But as long as we age like LeBron does, I think we'll be okay. So you're suggesting that there's a chance. Absolutely. There's always a chance. I like how you want to believe that. We'll see. 
during the All-Star break if they will make some moves to get above 500, to get into the playing situation with a few months of the season to go. I do like the fact that you're not going to give up on your guy no matter what, even though it's all about breaking the record at this point. Well, I like the Hachimura move. I think he looked really good in his first uh, first couple games. So, um, yeah, I, I, I like where we're going. We got too many guards. Hopefully, that gets taken care of. But um, if Patrick Beverly decides he wants to keep doing tip back dunks and shooting four for seven from the three, I don't see how we trade him at this point. What's going? That dude was like, "Yeah, you're not going to trade me. Let me start balling for real." He knows when to maximize his paychecks. He ain't made this many threes in a, in a two-game stretch in his career. Oh, I can feel the shade from here. But we're going to pull for the Lakers. Well, you pull for them. I will just pull for their demise because that's what I do right here on The Wrap as we transition to the 2023 Warrior Rumble going down live from the Alamo Dome in San Antonio, Texas. And I was surprised that the start of the Rumble would actually start with the Men's Warrior Rumble match. First time ever, the Rumble on the men's side opens the show. And I could tell that this would be a sign of a big main event angle that would actually kind of upstage the Rumble in a lot of ways, Scott. Yeah, I think they made the right call as far as uh, match placement with the Rumble, with the main event. And uh, the crowd was hot for it. I think that when the crowd realized we got the Rumble, uh, they were excited for it. What actually happened in the Rumble, we'll get to, but the crowd was excited for the Rumble to begin the show. Yes, and both Rumble matches really told the story of relying on who you have now and using very little legend talent, which I like to see because these Shows are selling out without legends being advertised. This is all about the current day roster, Faith and Triple H booking the show. And I love the enthusiasm from the crowd and buying into a few people along the way. Some people were a bit more over than others. But overall, I felt like WWE was leaning into who they have right now, which is very important because you can only rely on the past for so long. Yeah, I agree. You know, and I, I at first I was a little disappointed at the lack of uh, you know, returns or surprises, but it shows a lot that they were able to fill out the roster like they did. And there were some really good moments. Um, there were some low moments, but I, I think overall they got the job done. The final two was excellent. Uh, Gunther, he put on a show. I thought he was great. Honestly, just even the final four was was great. I mean, they when when they got to the nitty gritty, they did their thing. It's just there was absolutely some some lull periods, and I think that's where the surprises kind of the lack of surprises hurt. Yes, definitely. But we got to shout out Gunther first and foremost. He was the first man in at number one. Number two was Sheamus, but Gunther. I think for people that did not that did not appreciate him before, this performance definitely let people know who the hell Gunther is. If you didn't follow Walter on the indie scene on NXT UK. You know who he is now because his performance was absolutely extraordinary. He survived one hour and 10 minutes. And it was very savvy of WWE to have Sheamus as his number two because they have history dating back to last year's epic battle at Clash of the Castle for the IC title. Yeah, I love the the first two was smart. Uh, I, and I can tell you, I certainly was not expecting Gunther to be the, not only the Iron Man, but to go to distance. I I think it's very telling of how Triple H views Gunther. 
You know, he and he was never made to look like a fool. He was never made to look like a clown. He looked strong throughout the entire thing. He was a vocal point of it throughout the entire thing. So um, I think it's good signs. I do wonder where they go. Um, They had the Lesnar-Gunther showdown or face-off, I should say. But I do wonder where he goes for WrestleMania because there's no way he's not defending it on one of those two nights. So I'm very curious as to where he goes. Yes, hopefully get some answers very soon because he was extraordinary during the Rumble match last night. And I think that a lot of people definitely saw his stock rise because he's great. But to really see it on this level was pretty damn cool. And coming in at number three was Scott's favorite wrestler, Michael, the Miz Mizanin, trying to avoid the pain from Gunther and Sheamus. He cannot hold out for too long as he got beat down accordingly. Followed by number four, Kofi Kingston. Number five, Johnny Gargano. Number six, Xavier Woods. Number seven, Karrion Cross. And at number eight was Chad Gable. Number nine was Drew McIntyre. And coming in at number 10 was Santos Escobar. And I want to skip ahead to our dear friend, Kofi Kingston. I say this with love. What the hell is happening with these eliminations that won't eliminate? Or I take that back, the botch of the non-elimination leading to an actual elimination. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I, I saw the idea he was going for. I don't know why he just didn't jump into the chair. It looked like he was trying to roll with the chair to keep his feet on the chair. Um, I. It, He's, he's ambitious, you know, and I don't think like I don't think anybody would be upset if he did the handstand spot to the announce table, stood up on the announce table, you know, new day rocks, did a handstand on the way back to the ring like or walked on Xavier Woods shoulders like nobody would be upset about that. You can keep it simple. You can keep it basic and still put your your new day Kofi flair on it. So, um, yeah, I'm not I'm not sure what's going on with the spots either, but uh, it's it is something. Two years in a row. Our guys botched the save. I'm so sad for him. But on the plus side, you know, only in the Warrior Vumble can you tease a fight between Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods. And they turn it around and play bongos on their asses. So I'm not a fan of that. That that wasn't my favorite thing. I don't hate it, but I mean, it fits their character, but I'm not a fan of that. I will say I wouldn't mind seeing them face off at WrestleMania. Just why not have them two face off? It could let it be for a, a number one contender spot or something for the U.S. title or the uh, the IC title or something. But I actually would like to see that match, and I think there would be a very interesting dynamic on the build to it. You know, especially with Woods kind of being the younger guy, being the guy that formed the group that saved, kind of saved Biggie and Kofi's careers. And without the New Day, do we get Kofi Mania? Like I. There's a really good story you could tell there where they don't even have to break up and they can just have a really good match at Mania. And that's, I was thinking about that when they had that face off. I, there's something there I think they should look into. Yes, I like the tease. I would actually like to see it play out someday at a WrestleMania. They can still be best friends when it's all said and done, but I would love to see them go back and forth in a traditional one-on-one match and not play it so cutesy like they did at the Warrior Rumble last night. And I do want to get into the very first elimination of the Warrior Rumble match. I'm sure you do. 
<laughs> an elimination that means a whole lot to me. It's very dear to my heart. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I hold it dear to my heart. Why you? Why you? Let me guess. Let me guess. Who who eliminated him too? You know who eliminated him? <laughs> he getting cheddar biscuits. Now, debatable. <laughs> debatable. But I'm very proud of this elimination. No doubt. So the Miz is gone. I appreciate him for that. Then we have Angelo Dawkins coming in at number 11. Brock Lesnar coming in at number 12. Brock Lesnar got in that ring and he fucked shit up. <laughs> he did. He suplexed Drew McIntyre. Seamus, I'm praying for Seamus' neck this morning because he took some hellacious bumps on that neck. I also pray for Santos Escobar, who Brock yeeted out of the ring. In one of the craziest eliminations I've ever seen, Brock Lesnar was on a goddamn tear. He was a beast, just like his nickname. And I love the chaos for all of 90 seconds. Honestly, this is the perfect use of Brock Lesnar if he's not going to win the match. He comes in, he tosses everyone around, the crowd goes crazy for it, and you get somebody over with with eliminating him. Bobby Lashley got something from eliminating him. And that was a, a big elimination that he gets to have over him so they can continue their story, which I wonder, is that, is that going to WrestleMania? Like instead of Brock going for the IC title, is he going for the – is he going to go after uh, – is Lashley going to get the U.S. title and he goes after the U.S. title? Like I don't know if, I, if this is going to be able to stretch to Mania, but uh, this story is clearly not done. Um, but, yeah, Brock is – Babyface Destroyer Brock is a lot of fun, in these, especially in these short spurts. Yes, I prayed for everybody that got hit because it was gnarly. It was vicious. It was violent. And we had the face-off between him and Gunther for a second, and it was heated. We had like a light chop exchange. They didn't give away too much. So Bobby came out there, and he wrecked shop. He had spears for everybody, whooping ass accordingly. And then he got Brock Lesnar out of that ring, a great pop, and Brock Lesnar completely lost his shit. He was mad. He was eliminated, and he wrecked shop at ringside. He destroyed Barry and Corbin, and I... I would be remiss if I didn't mention that Pat McAfee was back last night on the call all night long. Very nice to hear him again alongside Michael Cole and Corey Graves. And I will praise Corey because he is a stand for a certain somebody. And for that, I will co-sign on him repping this man to the fullest. I'll get to that shortly. As we come down to our next entries, including Corbin, Seth Rollins, Otis, Rey Mysterio, and Dominic Mysterio. Let's park it here on Rey Mysterio. Noted worst father of the year, according to Scott Young. I have not co-signed on that. So. (laughs) Listen, listen. You you may not have co-signed on that dotted line, but I have not seen you say that is not true. I have not heard that. Accusations, first of all. (laughs) I'm I'm just stating facts. Debatable accusations. (laughs) Okay. 
I refuse to say whether or not he's a bad father. Pat McAfee kind of spoke for me last night saying, well, you know what? He has not had the best of luck raising children such as Dominic and he's not wrong. So Ray was supposed to come out in the 17th spot and he was MIA. Next up was Dominic Mysterio and this little troll he comes out wearing his father's mask. Love it. And Michael Cole says, Dominic, you piece of shit. <laughs> no, he said, you piece of... And Corey said, no, you can't say that. And Pat McAfee was like, no, yes, he can. Yes, he can, Michael. You say it, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you Let me one other thing. Michael Cole and Pat McAfee have just such a great chemistry. You could tell just how loose Michael Cole got once Pat got out there. I mean, this this dude was literally just saying whatever. I've been watching the monitor for 25 years. That's what I was told to do. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> dude was just just talking his talk, man. I This Michael Cole was off the chain. I, I thought Michael Cole was really good tonight. He was great. Pat McAfee showed up and he got new life. Like finally my tag team partner's back and it feels so good. And he was loose, having fun, had smoke for Dominic all night long. And I loved it. And I will say this for Dominic Mysterio. He does look like his father in that damn mask. I had to do a double take for a second. He does favor his dad with that mask. Not going to lie. And then he desecrates the mask by ripping it up. But I got to call out Corey Graves because this man, on this night was the biggest Dominic Mysterio stan saying all the things about his prison stint, about how he's about the streets. I was laughing my ass off because we know that Curry's full of shit. And when Pat McAfee says, well, that still did not make him a prison bitch. I mean, he was still doing time in County for a few hours. And I just love Corey being the absolute biggest liar repping Dominic's lack of prison credibility. You know, the three man booth is a, a controversial one, but I, the way they had this structured with Pat being the baby face, Corey being the heel and Michael Cole, just kind of being the straight man who like when something goes wrong, he's going to call it out. There's a really good, they had a really good dynamic, man. I thought they added it to some of the, some of those things. Like, like you mentioned the, the Dominic Mysterio stuff. Michael Cole still having smoke for top dollar. We'll get to that too. Like that boy. I mean, like, and and they were calling him out on it. It's like, dude, you got a problem with top dollar? I see you saying this when he ain't around. And like, all right, that's whole other thing. But like, there's a there's just a a a level of comfort that they just seem to have when the three of them, even Corey Graves, just he was so much more tolerable. And maybe it was because we had Pat shutting him down, and he was you know trying to rebuttal it. it I, I just thought the three of them were very good and added to the product tonight instead of being a deterrent or just being in the way like they are sometimes. And that's a rarity with three men booths in WWE that you can hear the, you can hear the detractions on commentary in a bad way. But in this case, it just clicked perfectly and everyone complimented each other so well. And I was totally engaged the entire show they were great nuggets throughout i love the shade i love the commentary from all three men as elias enters next into the warrior rumble followed by finn balor booker t comes in at number 21 i love booker t i will always appreciate his time in professional wrestling but with all due respect to his knees those knees were shot 
but he tried, Scott. He tried. Hey, let me tell you, I'm I'm gonna get excited anytime I can see Booker T come out. Um, yeah, and th- and listen, let's keep it 100. That probably wasn't the best idea for him to be to have to walk that whole entrance. Oh. He should have he should have had some type of special entrance to like ride him down there or something. <laughs> um, but I mean, yeah, because. By the time he got down there, you could see he was like, God dang, I got the kicks and stuff now. Like, he ain't throw no scissor kick. You see no, you ain't see no scissor kick. And I'm not knocking him because I I like Booker T. I enjoy Booker T. You know, I, I think in NXT, he can still add something. Um, but, you know, he he was good in a short spurt. He did his thing. He got a spinner Rooney. The crowd went crazy. Gunther got to eliminate him. It was absolutely fine. Totally enjoyed it. Uh, I like Booker T a lot. I felt for his knees. He did. Deser- he did deserve a special cart to drive him down the ramp because it was a long ramp. It was a very long ramp. People run running down there to beat the clock at some points. So people made the long stroll. God bless you, but that stroll's a bitch. It was a very <laughs> long walk last night, and I felt for Booker. And when he got in the ring, he's all shit. I actually got to throw kicks now. Oh God. <laughs> Man, we're going to talk about it later, but I, the person I was most impressed with when it came to that entrance ramp was Nikki Cross. Because let me tell you, oh. that girl looked like a track star out there because she was moving, looking like Roadrunner. Okay. The speed she had run down there in like 10 seconds or less. <laughs> she said, I'm going to get my time to shine in this rumble. And she did. We're going to get to her shortly, but she knew how to maximize for minutes. Her running down there as quickly as possible. Uh. But no, I do want right. to dive into some key eliminations. So Drew McIntyre eliminates Karrion Cross and a bit of payback. I love that. And then we have Seth Rollins pick up a beat up Baron Corbin and just eliminate his ass for the hell of it. I appreciated that. And then Seth Rollins eliminates Bobby Lashley in a very surprising spot as well. So notable eliminations midway through this match. Next up is Damian Priest, Montez Ford, Edge, let's park it right there. Edge comes out because all three members of Judgment Day are still in the Rumble. Edge comes out. He is going to spear Finn Balor, Damian Priest. He's going to counter a 619 into a spear on Dominic, eliminates Finn, eliminates Priest, but then Edge gets eliminated by Judgment Day in an ambush attack and they beat him down. But the fight continues up the ramp. Edge fights back and then Rhea Ripley gets her shots in. And then Michael Cole is hyped up because Beth Phoenix comes out to cash her receipt on Rhea Ripley. And he says, I've been praying for somebody to whoop Rhea's ass. And it's finally happened. Michael Cole. Your bias should be respected. I loved this spot for Edge. I wish it was in a match longer, but this is a longer story of Edge going after Judgment Day, particularly Finn for what he did to him at Extreme Rules back in October. Yeah, this was a, I thought this was a really nice return for Edge. I thought he looked good. The crowd reacted really well. Um, let me tell you something, a couple things, especially when it comes to Beth Phoenix. First off, uh, Cheddar Biscuits. Second off, um, I, uh, I would be absolutely terrified if I turned around and saw her looking at me the way she was looking at Rhea Ripley, because I genuinely believe that she could rip somebody apart with her bare hands because she's a monster. She looked great. I mean, she looked like she was in great shape. And I I hope we get this match 
you know, I, I hope uh, this match still happens. But yeah, this this was a really good return, really good use of Beth Phoenix and Rhea Ripley. Get her out in front of the crowd, attacking a male. That's what she's been doing. She's been the difference maker. I, I love this great all around. And one little thing that I've appreciated when it comes to Judgment Day, then we all know that Dominic is the weak link of the group. But he's always the last man standing. He's always the guy who gets the pin in the big match. He's always the guy who comes through in the end or steps up to a solo when she's in the face of Rhea. Like, he's always doing just enough to where people are like, yeah, he runs this. He's doing that to where Corey can hype it up and overblow it. So I like the little things like that that they've been doing with Dominic in the Judgment Day. It's the best. It's been so good. And like I said, the level up for Dominic has been amazing. He's still a little troll, but he's the best troll. And he really plays his part well to be the pickup guy, to get the wins after his fellow Judgment Day members do all of the work. And then they praise him for doing absolutely nothing. It's the best story for them on Monday Night Raw. And I really appreciate that. But I got to get into Montez Ford's rapid elimination. What the hell was that? Well, first of all, did he did he lose his ring gear? Like when who, when did he did he come from the boxing gym? What, <laughs> where did that come from? So I'm I'm just saying I had a whole bunch of questions when it came to Montez Ford. Like when Montez Ford comes in the ring, the one thing that he should always be able to do is his frog splash. Like there's no reason that he should never be able to hit that every single time. Like it's the one spot that people are going to go crazy for because he gets hang time. I said, there's only one person who can jump with that man. That's Dante Martin. So I, I don't, I don't know. I have no idea. This is when the rumble hit kind of after Edge and the judge, the rumble hit another lull. This is when that lull kind of started. The Dawkins performance was more lengthy and meaningful than what we got with Montez Ford. Absolutely, and that was ridiculous to me. I love them both, but the Montez treatment and the booking did not like it at all. As we go down the list to our last few entrants of the Rumble, number 25, Austin Theory, number 26, Omos, number 27, Braun Strowman, the sweet spot, if you want to win the Rumble, number 28, Ricochet, number 29, Logan Paul, and number 30 was Cody Rhodes. And as we go through this entire list, I love Cody. I'm a big fan of him winning the Rumble. But if you had no ace in the hole to justify why you would announce him beforehand, this should have been the 2008 Warrior Rumble equivalent of John Cena coming back in a surprise moment to shock the crowd in MSG. Cody Rhodes, in hindsight, should have been a surprise in this Rumble because number 30, who else is it going to be at this point? Yeah, I, I, I think I agree with you on that. Um, you know, I don't think they needed to advertise him to sell the match, to sell tickets. So, and looking back at it, you know, I agree. It would have been a nice, especially coming after the Logan Paul surprise, because he wasn't supposed to be back either. You know, like he, and I, I'm going to get to him too, because that that boy deserves some flowers. I know people don't like him, and I'm not a fan of him personally, even though I'm becoming more, but I, I that that boy deserves flowers when it comes to what he does in that square circle. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, the surprise element of Cody coming in at 30, I think it would have blew the roof off. I, I think the place would have absolutely went nuts. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. Great call. 
Yeah, I think that the vignettes were, with his return, that would be a great documentary in hindsight. But I just felt like they kind of messed it up a little bit. He could have got the pop. The pop wasn't as big as it could have been because you know that he was the last guy in. Unless you completely forgot about it because the rumble was going on for about an hour at this point. But Cody comes through. He does get a good pop. Not the a- absolutely amazing pop you would expect. But I want to go into some more storytelling briefly in that Edge and Rollins had the brief stare down playing into their feud from a couple of years ago. Love that attention to detail. They did not touch. But I also want to give flowers to one Logan Paul. I don't care for him as a person very much. But when you step foot in a WWE ring and you never miss ever and and you just deliver in big match situations... I will forever respect what you do in the ring because last night he hits another buckshot lariat on Ricochet. And then these two guys have the audacity to say, do you want to trade hops? Do you want to go springboard, springboard, air collision in midair? Holy shit. That woke the crowd up. Listen, man, Logan Paul, Logan Paul is that guy. Um, he is a freak of an athlete. You know, he, he is a freak of an athlete from the recovery that he did to the things that he does in the ring. Like the buckshot Larry is a incredibly complicated move. I mean, ask Phil, but we've seen Logan able to hit that bad boy. And then that springboard to go halfway across the ring in the air. And I mean, he had hang time. He, and that's not, he's not like not taking bumps. He's taking power bombs. Like he took a Strowman power bomb. He's taking hits. He's, he's getting chops. He's getting need in the face. He's, he is fully invested in this. And I genuinely appreciate it. And I will never not welcome Logan Paul on my screen. And let me tell you this, man. Logan Paul and Seth Rollins, if that's the if that's the direction we're going for WrestleMania, that could very well steal whichever night it's on. Okay. I'm already locking in five stars for that match. Because, Real talk. Okay. Because if Roman got, what, four and a half out of him? He's getting five out of Logan Paul. Miz. Logan got four out of Miz. Okay. And listen, I'm a, I'm a Miz fan. If you listen to the show, I am a Miz fan, but it is what it is. I accept reality. The Miz is not the ring general. Logan Paul and Seth Rollins has a legit chance for five stars, Keela. I, you are absolutely right. That is my starting value. I wanted this for maybe since I want to say since we did our crown jewel review, I absolutely love the idea of Seth Rollins versus Logan Paul at WrestleMania. It would be an outstanding match that could still either night. And starting value is five stars, point blank period. It will be tremendous if that's the direction they're going in heading into WrestleMania season. But I loved that elimination. Then we have Cody and Seth going at it prior to the Seth elimination by Logan Paul. Love their throwback to history and them working together at some point as well as a begrudged level of mutual respect because they really can't get into it right now. They replayed the feud down the road, but I love the tease of what can be. They were trading pedigrees at one point as well. And then Gunther 
the Iron Man of the Rumble eliminates Drew McIntyre and Sheamus. They were in there for a very long time. And I kind of love that moment as well as we really get down to the nitty gritty. It's down to Cody Rhodes and Gunther. And I just, and one thing about the, the Cody Seth team up, that sell job by Austin Theory on the curb stomp, where it looked like he had his neck snapped, that was RVD levels of selling that neck. I mean, I ain't seen nobody neck look like that since RVD took an RKO. You know, like that was awesome. And if Gunther's not going to face Brock at Mania, give me Gunther versus Sheamus versus Drew McIntyre for that IC title. Give me that triple threat because you're not going to put them two in it. They're not going to have a tag title match. They're not doing that. They don't. It doesn't look like they have any singles matches on the horizon unless they face each other, which we don't need to see that again. That's a hoss battle that could also just be a great match. So I, there's a lot of things you could come you could come away with from this rumble that you can build off on. But I, this was this is where it started to get good. When it gets when Logan Paul comes in, we get to that final six. We start exchanging, getting some eliminations. Rollins and Cody have a nice little match before he gets eliminated. Like that's this is when the rumble starts to pick up a little bit. Yes, the final four is very strong. And it does come down to Gunther and Cody Rhodes. And Gunther, at this point, has been in there for over an hour. And he's still putting in that work, going after the chest of Cody Rhodes, the chest to test that peck, so to speak, after surgery six months ago. And Cody is selling the chops beautifully. He's going through it. Gunther is whooping his ass. The fans are getting into it. But like I said, if this was a surprise, they'd be more alert, more awake. But they're into it for the most part. And Cody is is like avoiding elimination, like at several points. The feet are like barely dangling on, like barely dangling above the floor. He's trying to hold on for dear life, skinning the cat so many times. And then he pays tribute to his brother, Dustin Rhodes, gives us a little go dust, kick the Golden Globes for good measure on Gunther. And then the fight continues as both men are going back and forth. The fans get a bit more into it. And then Cody hits the crossroads on Gunther eliminates him and he has punched his ticket to the main event of WrestleMania night one or two to vie for the undisputed WWE championship, a predictable winner, but I'm fine with it. And I thought this was a well laid out rumble had a low period here and there questionable eliminations, but I thought the body of the match and Gunther absolutely putting on a show was a highlight alongside Cody down the stretch and Logan Paul being just a badass in the best possible way. So a couple things with this match. Um, I think they got the story backwards. You know, it's great that Gunther got this showcase. I, I'm happy. I love it. He should be showcased on pay-per-view. You know, it's, it's really nice that he was showcased on pay-per-view. But wouldn't this have been more impactful, not only with what you said, Cody being the surprise entrant, but imagine him being the surprise entrant at number one being the first guy to come out. And he's the one who goes the distance. Him and Seth Rollins. You can do everything exactly the same except have him and Seth Rollins start one and two. Logan Paul can still eliminate Seth Rollins. You can still get down to Gunther, who would now be at the 30 slot. So imagine that. Cody Rhodes then went through all of that, and now Gunther comes out in the 30 slot. I, I, just, I think they got the story backwards. Because if you tell it that way, now Cody's not only 
his first match back, he's had to go from number one all the way to the end of the match and then get through Gunther. He get through Rollins, get through Gunther to get like to get it back to prove his peck his back especially Gunther when he started chopping him and it, you know you could tell that that was he was attacking the injury with his chops and stuff a great story that you could have told so it, it was a really good final two um wasn't quite Taker Michael's level but I wasn't far behind it was really good but I just think they got the story backwards you know what? I think you're right because we brainstormed this on the wrap last week. I actually suggested that Seth and Cody should start one and two in the Rumble to play into their feud from last year or finish it being the last two in as well. And that would have been the better story. Gunther would have had a spot as well. Number 30 will pass accordingly. And you can still get Cody fighting from underneath, fighting for well over an hour if he had the Santa to do so. And I think if he came out, if he came out first, he would have gotten the pop the big pop because you set the tone for the match. You're first out. You get the pyro treatment. The fans have missed you. They love you and they can forgive the surprise being ruined via television that you're here and it's great. But the fact that we knew from jump, if we're waiting 25, 26, 27, 28, 30, it's Cody. And it kind of took the air out of the room it was nice to see him, but it was expected. If he's in a number one, of course you expect him there, but he sets the tone. And that would have made more sense and would have made the victory mean a bit mean a bit more at the same time as well. Now, I'm, I'm going to play devil's advocate here and, and contradict my own point that I just made. In their defense, if you don't have a, a surprise name, like a legit surprise name that is a worthy of being a surprise bigger than Cody Rhodes then it probably was best that they had him at 30 because whoever whoever else would have came out at 30 and it wasn't Sammy, they might have got that Rey Mysterio treatment. You know, so <clears throat> I do think there were I do think there were reasons as to why. I just I just think the story I, I think what what we both have laid out come, you know, together throughout, you know, just brainstorming, which is you know crazy. We we talk once a week and we we've been able to come up with a better rumble layout than they did in my opinion but um yeah I, I just think that the story was backwards but that i can see their reasoning as to why we don't have a big surprise let's just save Cody for last yes but overall i thought the match was pretty good the storytelling was on point. It was much better than last year that was executive produced by Shane McMahon. And thank God he wasn't there to ruin this match. It was much better. Was it perfect? No. But I felt like this had a clear vision of what Triple H wanted heading into WrestleMania. And he had several people stand out to tell future stories down the road, like for Gunther, Logan Paul, Seth Rollins, Bobby Lashley, Brock Lesnar, for example. These are big stars that are going to play a role at WrestleMania in L.A., and I like how we set the tone for that by planting some seeds for future reference. Three and... I'm feeling perky. I like the final two. I thought that was really strong, and Logan Paul showed out. Three and a half tiers. I will agree with you. Three and a half tiers for the 30-man Men's Warrior Rumble. Very good match. Was not the greatest Rumble ever, but I will probably put it in my top 10 for Rumble matches because wow. it really satisfied me. Despite the predictability of it all. And now, as we segue away from some good stuff, we got to talk about some questionable stuff. 
And we had the first ever Pitch Black match sponsored by Mountain Dew featuring Bray Wyatt versus LA Knight. And this match belonged to Naomi many years ago. She was the original Fill the Glow. We had glow-in-the-dark ropes, glow-in-the-dark gear, glow-in-the-dark paint, glow-in-the-dark dots of some sort. Everything glowed in the dark, Scott. But your thoughts on this pitch black match sponsored by Mountain Dew. Real quick. We don't need to waste a lot of time on it. Real quick. A couple things. This was a a cut scene from Batman Forever. Uh, I remember when when Robin steals the Batmobile and he runs into that gang that has all the you know the the highlights all everywhere and you know they're 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 glowing. That's that's what this was. That's exactly what this. Joel Schumacher would be proud of what was displayed here on this uh, on this in this ring. This um, this was. This was this was okay. It was just a waste of time, just a way to get Bray on the match. I'm sure they got paid well for it. It's over. Let's move on. I hope LA Knight is on to bigger and better things. Hopefully money in the bank. I would hope so as well. He had one solid moment putting Bray Wyatt through the announce table, grabs a glow in the dark. He grabs a glow in the dark kendo stick. <laughs> yes, those exist. So I felt like we went from <laughs> We went from that to Star Wars, apparently. He had a lightsaber for this match. And it did not work because Bray Wyatt caught him, his sister Abigail for a very anticlimactic victory. And then wait, Scott, there's more that you are not giving the people at this moment, but allow me to pick up where you left off. So, you know, I've tried to give grace and time to Bray Wyatt. I spoke highly of him a few months ago, and then he made me look like a fool a couple of weeks ago when he brought back the Firefly Funhouse. So I had to apologize on this very show. So last night, after he beats L.A. Knight as Bray Wyatt, this dude is going to put on a mask that looks like it's not on the same budget as the Fiend mask. He's going to hunt down L.A. Knight, chase him around the production area at the Alamo Dome. And they're fighting around this table. Uncle Howdy stands on this big-ass platform, takes a leap of faith, completely misses L.A. Knight, and some fire pops up. And here ended the segment. And at this point, the shark came by to jump over another shark. Because as of today, I don't give a fuck anymore. I give up. I mean, I don't, I don't know what else to say. I, I'm, I'm see what he does next. It's, I, so, what about the ladies? <laughs> no? What about what about what about the, the the queen of WWE, Bianca Belair? Let's talk about her. Oh, great! What do you know? It also has to do with the fiend. Let's get to that too. So we got a two-for-one special, back-to-back. We're going to zoom through this. And I love me some Bianca Belair. We love her on this show. One tier, by the way. One tier. You're generous. Half a tier. Fuck that shit. (laughs) (sighs) I was was still on a nice high from the Rumble, so I I was generous. You were very kind. And I have not forgotten what you said about Beth Phoenix getting cheddar biscuits. How many, sir? Man, let me tell you. She did something for me. You know, 
um she she get a she get a whole she get a whole basket oh look at you she yeah no nah, she 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 did something for me man if she had like a kendo stick or a bat oh boy it'd have been a wrap she'd have got a full I, meal i have figured out your kink you <laughs> like weapons weapons of any sort kendo sticks bats arms because Beth arms. Phoenix is a weapon. <laughs> oh my God. Arms do it for you too. Okay, settle down. I have to hose you down now. If arms are good, is going to do it for you as well, as well as weaponry. My Not everybody's friend. arms, but you know, Beth, Beth, Beth makes the muscular look work really well. You know, because not a lot of women can pull that off. She does so, it beautifully. It may not have been the very thing to say, but. Calm down. I, have, I figured out your weakness now and I'm going to explore it every week right here on The Wrap. As we try to make do of this match regarding Bianca Belair and Alexa Bliss for the Raw Women's Championship, I'm going to make the hot tag and just say that this was slightly better than what they did on TV a few weeks ago. But I don't know what the hell has happened between these two because the chemistry is not coming anymore. I'm very disappointed. This is a dead-end feud. The match was cold as ice. Bianca Belair, who is so great in all areas, this fell short for me. And when you have a feud that's this flat, it does expose some over-choreographed spots that I've noticed with Bianca Belair as of late. I wish the pattern would be kind of cut down a little bit to shake things up regarding how she lays out the matches. But thankfully, this match was short. Hits a KOD for the quick win. But the fact that Alexa Bliss was dominating this match at various points bothered me, but it didn't last very long. But of course, the match ends and we get to a video package of Alexa Bliss being haunted and taunted by elements of Bray Wyatt. And I still don't care. Granted, I like her chemistry with Bray, but right now, all of this insulary shit, I'm not feeling right now. And I want Bianca Belair the hell away from this as soon as possible because it's going to drag down her run as Raw Women's Champion heading into WrestleMania. Let's call this mission off right now and be done with it. Yeah, I don't that. I, the match was fine. Two tears. Um, and that's all for Bianca. You are very, very kind, sir. And she deserves the tears. Alexa does not. I have tried. And Alexa's had and Alexis had moments in the last few months, but they're fleeting. And last night was a prime example of how fleeting those moments can be as we zip ahead to the Women's Warrior Rumble match. And this match had its share of highs and lows, but I will say that over the men's Warrior Rumble match, I thought the last five minutes was so good and compelling had me on the edge of my seat and scott i almost messaged you because i thought your prediction was going to come true i was going to hug you virtually it didn't happen but we had hope man i'm gonna I'm I'm be honest with you Liv morgan made me proud man you know she she did good she started all the way made it to the i see i i like that man that was that was a, a cool thing. They both started the match. They both finished the match. And yeah, I I thought Liv was going to do it. I, especially when, when Rhea was at the end and, and she was kind of fiddling with her hands and Liv could barely see. I thought she was going to like hit her like oblivion move and hold her feet on the uh, on the ropes like Sol Ruka did. I thought that would have been a pretty cool finish to get her out. But um, obviously that didn't happen. And Rhea won, which is fine. 
you know, which is fine. Um, she had a great showing. She looked great. I, I'm going to tell you, some of those kicks that Rhea took from some of these ladies, she might need to hand out some receipts in these coming weeks because she looked like she was just getting beat up. She did. She took some shots. She did, man. She was in the corner recovering at several points because she was getting those licks in. And we have to start with the first two, Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan. Set the tone great for this match. I thought they were the best in terms of the setting the tone, the pace, the tempo, and Liv. I was pulling for you, girl. You was was almost home. I thought we were going to get a very clever finish. Almost did, but I loved it. But then I got to get into somebody that came in at number three, Dana Brooke. And I mean this with all due respect. (laughs) What the fuck she was doing? (laughs) Because she was fucking terrible. Everything she did was awful. Uh, And normally I don't go in on people, but she missed every goddamn spot. Every spot looked bad from the crossbody to live and Rhea to whatever she tried to do with Rhea. What the fuck was she doing? And I like Dana, but this performance sucked. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what you want me to follow up that with. <laughs> yeah, she is. Uh, it had to be somebody else that could have been in the match, right? It had to be. Some- Where was Tiffany Stratton? Okay. <laughs> Where was Sol Ruka to pull a Kofi spot, which we just saw her do? Yes. Where was Alba Fire? She would have been a nice one. That actually, that would have been a, a nice, uh, nice entrance. She would have had a nice little run in there too. She could have had a nice, uh, fiery uh, entrance. She would would have ran wild for a little bit. Agreed. I would have taken Kiana James over this. Just, uh, this is bad. This is really bad. And I did not like Dana's performance whatsoever. Emma comes in and she's actually a firecracker for a little bit, whooping ass accordingly, trying to get that juice back from OG NXT, followed by Shayna Baszler, Bailey, B-Fab, Michael Cole, having smoke for top dollar, and he's not there. B-Fab is eliminated. And then Michael Cole says, well, I know she would have last longer than top dollar. Un- completely unnecessary stray. <laughs> a completely unnecessary stray. Like this man, I don't know if Top Dollar like made a rap about him and insulted him backstage and everybody laughed and he didn't like it. But this dude has just been going off script on this man every week. Having shots for days. Even Pat says, What's your problem with Top Dollar, Michael? <laughs> <laughs> Pat, look, Pat came back and was like, yo, there's a lot of changes. What, what the hell happened in these few months? Oh, my God. We have to save the best for last <laughs> because he was so shady towards someone because he spoke facts. We're going to get to it because I have to treasure this moment as I keep going down the list of entrants. So next up on the list is Roxanne Perez. Dakota Kai, Io Sky, Natalia, Candice LeRae, Zoe Sarkin-Zayali. I want to single out Roxanne Perez because she got the fans behind her for putting in that work. She delivers that crazy head scissors to Rhea Ripley. The fans are into it. And then she gets eliminated by damage control. Bullshit. 
Yeah, damage control. They got to dominate the match. You know, they don't win, but they'll, they'll definitely dominate a battle royal. Uh, they can do that. That was cool. Uh, Roxanne looked great. That and when I say that was cool, it's completely sarcasm. Uh, Roxanne looked great. I thought she. I think she showed exactly what everybody sees and talks about when they when we talk about Roxanne Perez. She's a star, man. She went out there, and then her first like the first move she did, they were like, okay. Then she does another. Okay. Then she does that tilt the world where she goes two cycles on Rhea Ripley. And they're like, all right, we're with you. Kip up. And she's got great baby face fire. Great baby face fire where her size doesn't even matter. Like you just, you're just completely engulfed in her. She, she is literally everything you could want in a woman, in, the, in a woman's wrestler. It's like she's got it all. She can be a pillar in that division. I genuinely believe that. I believe that as well. She is going to be a star and it's scary. She's going to get better at this because she's only 20 years old. The more she does this, she's going to be better. And I'm going to be brazen and say that she reminds me a lot of Sasha Banks in terms of her passion and her ability to really pick this up fast. And the fact that she's only going to get better as the years go on, she is going to be an anchor for this women's division for years to come. She's, she's already a champion in WWE, but there are bigger championships ahead of her and possibly a main event at WrestleMania as well. And, you know, I wouldn't be opposed to uh, maybe Bailey making a trip down the NXT and having a little cup of tea or a cup of coffee with Roxanne over that NXT title. I mean, that's what a, that's what a bully heel would do anyway. Exactly. Coming back on your old turf. Trying to take back what's yours, relive your glory days. New Day got the tag team titles, so it's not inconceivable. Dolph won the NXT title last year, so I love that idea of Bailey going back home without the ponytail, without the inflatable huggy people. Right. Get to tear shit up. I, I think it'd be great, especially with EO and Dakota of all people by her side. Like again, the that's a that's another story that you could easily build off of from this match and Roxanne would get so much from would gain so much in the fans eyes just from working with Bailey as well and then you could even elevate a tag team in NXT if you have one that you want to elevate with EO and Dakota like there's there's just a ton you could do with that but I I really hope that's something that they visit because I think they could have a banger of a match too I agree. And Zoe Stark came in hot as well. Ooh, Ooh, did she ever come in hot? She was, and now she came in tossing people, kip ups, great fire. I don't know if she was a healer face here, but she had great fire. I mean, she, I, I have no idea what she was, like, but she looked incredible. She was great. I, I didn't think she could, I didn't know how she would do on the main roster, but seeing her toss everybody around, I think she could be great. Wouldn't have to say a word. She could just go to the ring, toss people and, and keep it moving. She's a great hybrid wrestler. Somebody that can fly and then kick the shit out of you, knee you in the face. Ask Rhea Ripley about it because she rocked her. <laughs> I'm telling and I think you. That was the moment Rhea was like, okay, let me go in the corner and pause because that hurt. I'm telling you, man. Rhea, they said, oh yeah, Rhea, you going to win this match? You going to earn this match. You going to earn this victory tonight. Oh, absolutely. And I loved it. I absolutely love the shots Rhea took. She said it ain't going to be easy, but she had to take those shots. And I respect her for it because they were whooping up on her at various points. As we get down to our next entry into Becky Lynch, followed by Tegan Knox, 
Oscar, let's park it there because Oscar gets some remix music. She has a brand new mask. And when she took off that tiger mask and she revealed the face paint, mm. Kana, Kana has entered the chat and I got chills and the fans went off. Loved it. Again, Corey Graves, Corey Graves. I think it was Corey. I'm pretty sure it was Corey when she was coming down to the ring with that new mask. And she, and he said, you ever get that feeling of anticipation where, you know, something really bad is about to happen, but you can't wait to see it. Like I, I thought Corey, I just, I thought he was really good tonight, man. Like he did a lot of little things like that, that just added to it. Cause I was like, is like what's 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 he talking? Is she about to come out with something new? And then she came out with the face paint. She had a whole new energy to her. The crowd was with it. This was great. I hope this is. I hope the face paint is something she only keeps for big matches, big pay per view matches. I don't want to see it every week, but I I do like this new element, this new layer to the Oscar character that she can kind of go to when she needs to get darker. This was badass, and the Absolutely. respect the respect level that Paul Levesque has for Oscar to be final three. Come on. It was just awesome for her not to be on TV for weeks. The heat level she has still push her, put her in a feud. I beg of thee. She still got the juice. Then by the grace of God, it gets better because coming in at number 18, a blessing we witnessed Scott. Dewdrop is gone. Piper Nevin's back. Thank God. And looked great. She was out there moving. She was, hey man, I'm here for a Piper push. You know what? If And if you're not going to do Liv versus Charlotte, give me Piper versus Charlotte. Give me, give Piper the world. And I genuinely mean that because she's so, so good. She really is. And I was, I was so happy to have her back because I know she went through a bout with COVID and she had like a little heart scare, but she's back and she looked really good last night. So I am praying for the Piper push on Monday Night Raw heading into WrestleMania season. And there is a way, there's a path forward to get to a championship if Rhea Ripley picks Bianca Belair. Put Piper in the Elimination Chamber, have her win and face Charlotte. The end. That's all I ask. I don't ask for much. That's easy stuff. Number 19 is Tamina. Number 20 is Chelsea Green. Scott, you take that from there because um, her entrance did not last very long. Uh, this is in honor of uh, our good friends, Mike Gilbert and JD at Brace for Impact. Uh, when uh, <laughs> Chelsea Green comes to the ring and Chelsea Green's gone, that was talking Chelsea Green in WWE. So <laughs> that's all I got to say for that. You know what? They're going to get you for that. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't know, they have a nice BTI gimmick that you should check out. Oh, my God. Listen, Chelsea maximized her walk down the ramp. She did. She did. She was working the ramp. She um, She's back. Looks great. And then Rhea Ripley says, well, hello, goodbye. <laughs> and again, Corey Graves. I, I, this dude said, I didn't even get to meet her husband this time. I, Corey Graves was on point tonight or last night. I, I just... He just said these little comments and then Pat would be like, what are you talking about? You know, and Pat's over there like, what do you mean? <laughs> like it's I, the little things that they added to, they added to the match. It was a nice change of pace. 
It was the best, but the best is yet to come from this commentary team <laughs> as <laughs> as I get deeper into this Rumble match because Pat McAfee had me crying because he is so damn observant about shit. But I'm going to get to him momentarily as we get to number 21, Zelina Vega, best dressed in the Rumble. I'm going to say that right now. Best dressed by far. Loved it. Gave me Street Fighter. Then we have number 22, 22 Raquel Rodriguez. 23, Mia Yim. 24, Lacey Evans. Whew. Lacey. I'm going to get to her. Number 25, Michelle McCool, who <laughs> was sitting in the crowd. Had no idea. Oh, I'm supposed to be working tonight? And then Pat McAfee kept saying, and she's wrestling in Uggs. <laughs> they were great. They were great all night, man. The little comments that they were making. And great swerve on Michelle, by the way, of showing her earlier in the night. You know, like Michelle McCool is here. And I, I thought that was really cool. That that worked really well. And she had been posting on social media. Nobody asked me and all that stuff. So that was cool. But she looked good in Uggs. She was moving in Uggs. She was moving. And then she hit the Faith Breaker on Zelina Vega. Took it beautifully. Gave a little Styles Clash love. And then Michael says, that was phenomenal. Like, okay, I see you. I see you, Michael. Try to be cute. I respect it, though. But she had a nice showing in the match. Wasn't as dominant as she was back in 2018 when she was hossing everything around that night. But I'm glad she did not, she did not get the taker push during this particular rumble. As we have Indy Hartwell, Sonya Deville, Shasi Blackheart. I want to say who else is on this list if I can decipher it because my writing is horrible. Let me see here. Who was in the match next? Help me out here. Uh, let me see. Scott, who was? Because I'm who, cheating. Who was in the match? Let me pull it up. Ain't no wrong. Ain't no wrong with us pulling up. But listen, while we pull it up, I would also like to talk about the commentary team talking about Tegan Knox. Uh, Corey Graves brought up a valid question: What is the shiniest wizard? <laughs> and, and the shade he threw, <laughs> saying the great Muda has words. <laughs> he made a couple Muda references. Yes. And then he was like, well, I guess I was right because look where she at. Gone. Like, Corey, <laughs> sir. Oh, my God. Like, he tried her. And then he was like, tell me why she got the Chinese wizard, Michael. Explain it to me. Yo, I, I'm telling you, man, they they were on one. I have no idea if nobody was in their ear. If they just had free reign. But they... I, there's no way people were telling them to say that stuff because it was just too quick and too off the cuff. They they were on one. <laughs> that was that was great. Like, they were they were on point. Sonia Deville, Nikki Cross is number twenty nine. Our sprinter. Yes. <sighs> That's right. How could I forget her? She had to have set a new record. Um, the speed. I mean, because she was she looked focused. She was moving, and she didn't stop moving when she got in the ring either. No, she was lightning fast and she got the crowd behind her because she's a badass. And I want to quickly rewind time a little bit. So Becky Lynch was in the match and she was able to get rid of Io Sky and Dakota Kai. Bailey eliminates her. And then their beef continues after Liv Morgan eliminates Bailey. And that was a fun spot. And I guess Becky Lynch has no friends, no help. They beat her ass. And I'm like, come on now, we have to do better. Get Becky some friends, damn it, to even the odds against damage control. It's supposed to be Candice LeRae and Mia Yim. They were unavailable to assist her. Maybe that happened on Monday Night Raw. But, Scott, 
I've been teasing this now for the last few minutes regarding what Pat about what Pat McAfee said on commentary during this match before we get to number 30 that had me laughing my ass off. And it involves one Lacey Evans. Here we go. (laughs) Here we go. Pat Pat McAfee on a live mic said, hmm, (laughs) I've been gone for a while. Last time I was here, (laughs) Lacey... (laughs) <laughs> Lacey Evans was telling this inspirational story about her life. And now <laughs> I don't know what I've come back to. I, I, I feel his pain. <laughs> I feel his pain. <laughs> because let me tell you, Pat, she got me. <laughs> she won't get me again. He says her story was so impactful and it was great. What happened? I've been gone out of the loop and now she's just a heel. Pat trying to catch up on everything, like in the heat of the moment, was excellent all night. Just trying to catch up on everybody, everything. They were even talking about, hey, we might need Booker T to start talking about these NXT people. And Corey was like, no, I got it. I can do it. And Michael was like, are you sure you don't even know this one's name? And Corey was like, it doesn't matter. I got I, I enjoyed the commentary team tonight. I don't know if that says anything about the match, but I enjoyed the commentary team. See, Michael Cole was so real when he said, we have hit a lull <laughs> in this match. <laughs> We're going to slow it down about a good 15 minutes. <laughs> He was telling everyone, get comfortable because nothing is about to happen for a little while. Just get you something to drink, you know, skip a couple of entrants. You're going to be all right. Like he told us, the lull has hit. No need to worry. We'll get back on track very soon. This announced team, and it's very rare for me to laugh at them all night long, but they were on one and I love them for it. As we finally get down to number 30. Now, see, there was a countdown clock. You do the last countdown, 10, not, and then the clock disappears, Scott. And then from out of nowhere, Nia Jax's music hits. She appears on the main stage. She's back, probably gets the biggest pop of her entire career. And she's like, I'm back, bitches. I'm back. <laughs> she, she was very adamant to make sure that the camera and everyone in the audience heard her say those particular words. I'm back, bitches. And she's in the ring and everybody's staring at her and they circle her. And then she does the big explosion spot and everybody scatters. And then they all jump her ass and they eliminate her a short time later, which I greatly appreciated. But somehow, someway, Scott, she now has a brand new bag in WWE. She's back. There's merch on sale on WWE shop. And I'm like, Triple H, Choices? I see so she's not I'm not a fan of this but I see her as kind of being the Braun Strowman of that division and when I say that Braun's not going to be a world champion Braun's not going to beat any of the top top guys but he's going to be right below and he's going to be a great monster for some of these young for these heels to beat on the way up I think that'll be Nia Jax just for the baby faces I am fully expecting Bianca Belair to scoop her up and slam her with a KOD at some point on the road to WrestleMania. 
Nia Jax will be on the middle rope. Bianca will put her on her shoulders, march her to the middle of the ring, and throw her down. I am fully expecting that and that visual on the road to WrestleMania as Rhea Ripley looks on, shocked, not knowing what to do. That is, I, I'm, that's, that's, what, what other reason do you have Nia Jax for? Like, you're not going to build a division around her. So I get, I can get it if you're going to use her like a Braun Strowman. Cause I think there is usage for her, especially for visuals with a Bianca, showdowns with a Piper. There, you can use her for stuff. Yes, I agree. And that would be quite the visual to have Bianca Belair KOD her and scare Rhea Ripley. That would be the moment heading into WrestleMania. And that would be Nia Jax's purpose. Maybe she will find some fire that Braun Strowman found when he returned to WWE last year. He's been great. And I went in on him because sometimes he tweets dumb shit. But he's been very good upon his return to WWE. And I hope Nia Jax has that exact same motivation. I would hope. No, that's that's the key. She's got to be motivated and she has to care. You could tell Braun has really gone out of his way to have good matches. And he has. Um, and we're going to see if Nia can do that. Like Nia has to has to have good matches. Like the women have been having good matches when they get the opportunity. She's got to be able to put on a good main event quality match because, they're, again, they're not they're going to bring her in and put her at the top. Oh, and smartly to put over Bianca Belair is what I'm assuming is is the road they're going to go. Yes. So we'll see how it goes. I'm pulling for Nia to be better than she was when she got released by WWE over a year ago. And I want to single out Raquel Rodriguez as well. She had a nice showing in the Rumble. And her elimination actually generated some boos from the crowd, which was Kind of refreshing to see her finally get over in a way that I can believe her winning the Rumble next year, being in a better spot heading into WrestleMania, because it just felt like last night this was not her time. But the showing she had last night was pretty good. I think another year or so of her really just establishing herself, uh, you know, get, really knocking down some of the, the finer points and just being able to put on those quality matches, no matter who the opponent is every week, week in and week out, give her another year of that have her have a big showcase match at SummerSlam. Like that's somebody that a Bailey could work with and really get over. That's somebody that a Nia Jax could work with and get over. You know, you could, I could see Raquel hitting the big slam from the middle rope. You know, like those are the things that you use a Nia Jax for. We're getting a, a monster like Raquel over. So, I, I absolutely think you could do something at SummerSlam. Like she could be a viable challenger for anybody at SummerSlam and 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 be the head on that marquee. So I think in the next year, Raquel will be women's champion. Agreed. Her time is not now, but it's coming very soon. And I love that for her because she does have great presence for days. Just stop smiling so much. I miss my badass Raquel from NXT. Bring back her motorcycle as well, but I digress. As we're now down to our last three, we mentioned before it was Asuka, a.k.a. Kana, versus Rhea Ripley versus Liv Morgan. This last stretch was fantastic. The fans were into it. Our Liv fantasy almost came true. And then... Everybody's on the apron. It's terrifying. Like, who's going to fall? Will Liv knock them both down and she'll win? That would have been perfect. But instead, Asuka missed Liv with blue mist. And then Rhea Ripley takes out Asuka. And then it's down to Liv Morgan, who's basically a sitting duck. She can't see shit, but she hits oblivion. 
on Rhea Ripley. And I thought, oh God, is she going to fall off the apron? No, Rhea holds on for dear life. And then she's going to head scissors live off the apron on the floor. And Rhea Ripley wins the 2023 Women's Warrior Rumble. She was so close the last couple of years, final two, two years ago, in the final three, I believe, a year before uh, last year. And now she's won the whole thing. Love the progression for her. But Liv, I thought was great in this Rumble. She was a fighter. The sequence was very creative. I thought she had it won, but it wasn't meant to be. Yeah, and the final three, those are all Triple H people. You know, Asuka got the the historic title run in NXT and was brought up with the killer in NXT and should have never had her streak ended until at least another year on the main roster. But that's a whole other conversation. Uh, Rhea Ripley, they built an entire division for her to get her crowning moment. Uh, Triple H did that for her. And Liv Morgan is somebody that he's had from the PC, from the jump, and has seen her grow and, and improve. So... This was this was a very telling of kind of where the roster is and, and what the crop is. Like it's the NXT women are the women's division right now. And it's it's great to see because there's a lot the wrestling is so much better now that it's in the influx of NXT talent is through there, like EO Sky, Dakota Kai, um, Rhea Ripley, Asuka, all these Liv Morgan, all these people are from NXT and they just it's to me. It shows that the the PC is producing at least for the women. There there are women that are coming through it and they're being successful. You know, they they may not have got their start there, but they're coming through it, and it's it's still it's producing uh, talent that they've been able to use for years. So that was a big thing. I took a big takeaway I had watching those final three. Yes, three former champions as well, and to be able to go down the stretch this way. Was a lot of fun. Very clever finish. More exciting than the men's match down the stretch, in my opinion. But I thought this match was much better than the one we got last year. The pacing was a lot better. Uh, The anchor was not Tamina for the first stretch of this Rumble, which was nice to see. Dana Brooke was the choice. I stand by that smoke I gave her. She was not very good. But I thought Rhea Ripley was a standout. Liv Morgan as well. Asuka was a highlight. But Roxanne Perez, Zoe Stark in particular, had a nice showing. Raquel kind of came through as well. Damage Control, as a faction, probably did their best work to date. But it's about getting over on TV every single week to make it really stick. I like the effort to get heat last night, but it needs to translate via some better booking on television moving forward. Three and a quarter tiers for me. I will agree with you. Three and a quarter tiers for the 2023 Women's Royal Rumble. Then we had a musical intermission. (sighs) I hit mute and I waited patiently for the main event. I, I just went and grabbed something to eat, you know, did use the bathroom, did all everything I needed to do, you know, maybe something to eat, uh, check the game. I, I actually thought the intermission was perfect timing. It was great. If you needed to get a snack, you needed yep. to go to the bathroom yep. to relieve yourself. If you want to catch some fresh air, touch grass. Touch that, grass. Was an opp- <laughs> that was an opportunity to do that as well because I hit mute got me a beer because I was bored but I woke back up and it was time for the main event it is Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship now 
This is rare that the Rumble does not headline the eponymous Warrior Rumble pay-per-view or PLE. It's a championship match. And you had to know there was a big angle in play to have this match close the show. And Roman Reigns milked 10 minutes of entrance time for his introduction. The phones were out. The fans were going crazy. I love the entrance. It was just himself. Paul Heyman and Honoré Us, Sami Zayn, the Usos, and Solo were nowhere to be found during a portion of this match. But, Scott, you knew somewhere deep down in your soul the fix was in for somebody. Yeah, you knew something was coming. You knew something big was going to happen. And for me personally, it kind of made me wonder, like, is somebody coming? Is somebody returning? Are we getting a big beat down? Are we getting a shocking Eddie Guerrero over Brock Lesnar S title change? You know, what is going on here? So uh, there was definitely some intrigue in them closing the show. And the crowd got with it towards the end. Uh, but the, 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 the hearty performance was a bit of a tough one to come back from. Excuse me. <laughs> the levels of you tried it. sir take it back take it back right now how dare you the audacity but let's get back to the main event because you just tried it on the highest level I'm just saying okay this match, as always with Roman Reigns matches, it starts slow. It's got to apply a rest hold, slow down the pace a little bit. But things pick up nicely as Kevin Owens gets on offense. There was one gnarly botch because Kevin Owens was trying to go for pay dirt. He's hitting setons. He is going for cannonballs in the corner. He goes for the double springboard moonsault and I'm guessing the ropes are slippery from all of the eliminations from the Royal Rumble. He slipped. I thought he hurt himself, but he said, you know what? I got this. I'm going to turn this into a set on, and then I'm going to go up top, go for a moonsault. He misses, but they don't skip a beat, which is a testament to both men. When something happens, you pivot, you get back on track, and you keep going. True professionals. Um, you know, like you said, they didn't miss a beat. Uh, they just played it like, like you said, they, they called it at what it was. He slipped on the ropes, but he kept it moving. You know, he landed on Roman a little bit, and the commentators kind of acknowledged that. The match was solid. Uh, you knew We knew we were going to get a good match with these two, and they had some very convincing near falls, uh, especially towards the end when they started to incorporate more of the shenanigans. Yes, and I was waiting for the referee bump because Roman is to spear on Kevin Owens. Kevin kicks out, and you feel the tension pick up from there. And then we have the expected referee bump. Kevin hits a power bomb, and you can count to 10. He has a match one. Referee is nowhere to be found, and Michael Cole is losing it, saying so he should be champion right now. Another screw job by Roman Reigns because he had this thing in the bag. And then while all of this is going on, Roman Reigns is going to low blow Kevin Owens. And this is going to lead to Roman Reigns testing Sami Zayn's loyalty. He tells Sami Zayn to grab a steel chair. Sami's hesitant until Roman tells him, get me 
a steel chair. So Sammy goes underneath the ring to grab a steel chair and he hesitates to give it to Roman. He does, but in doing so, Kevin hits the stunner on Roman Reigns and it's for a very close near fall and Sammy breathes a sigh of relief, but this match takes a turn fast. Roman's on the ropes and he's going crazy at ringside. He's going to circle around as he, as Sammy Zayn is trying to tell Kevin Owens to stand down. Please don't get back up. Just give up. Don't fight. Just, just let it go. Stand down. Roman is having none of this. He spears Kevin Owens through the barricaded ringside and Sammy watches on in horror. Then Roman Reigns proceeds to beat Kevin Owens' ass. He's going to slam his head repeatedly into the steel steps. Sammy is very uncomfortable watching this. Michael Cole, who has been awesome all night long, tells Chad, call the match, man. This is too much. Kevin can't stand up. He can't defend himself. Just call the damn match. Just call it off. We're done here. But Kevin Owens is relentless. He is resilient. He is going to find a way to get back on his feet, deliver one last slap to Roman Reigns in an act of defiance, and then Roman spears him for the one, two, three. Very good championship match, despite some iffy spots in between. But let's get into the post-match, Scott, that told the real story. The 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 post match angle um, was the that segment in and of itself was some of the best storytelling that you're going to see the layers that they went the callbacks that they went to um, we we see uh, you know they they get Kevin Owens back in the ring the rest of the bloodline come in the ring and you know they're all hyped for Sammy like all right Sammy you know yeah 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 you're good Jay's Jay's real excited he's about to put the lay on him. And then Roman's like, nah, hold on. We're not done yet. He goes and gets the chair, you know, and they they start super – they handcuff Kevin Owens and start super kicking the hell out of that dude. Just bam, 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 bam. I mean, they are just rapid super kicks, rapid super kicks. And he's defenseless. Sammy is – like he's dejected every, with every kick. You can see it in his face. Like he's like, yo, come on. All right, we good. We good. You won. You won. Sammy's trying to beg him off. Like, no, stop, stop. Roman's got a chair. He's about to hit him in the head. And Sammy steps in front. Crowd reacts big. You know, they had been chanting, Sammy, Sammy, Sammy. Crowd reacts big. It was at this point where I was like, all right, we're, we're, are we just getting the tease? Because I thought this was going to be it. We were just going to get the tease. Roman's like, all right, you know what? That's fine. And then they get like solo to hit him. But there was a ton more right after this. This this was excellent storytelling. This was so good. And the beatdown got uncomfortable fast because it was Roman like, hey, Sammy, we're not done with your friend yet. I want the Usos to go in on the attack, beat him up, soften him up some more. And Jay was ready to present the lay to Sami Zayn. Hey, you're an Us officially. And Roman's like, no, let's pause in the ceremony, take care of business. And they beat the ever-loving hell out of Sami Zayn. Solo got his licks in too. But then the handcuffs were introduced. And this thing took another turn. We have two sets of handcuffs. The Usos handcuff Kevin Owens on the ropes. He is absolutely defenseless, cannot fight back. And they deliver super kick 
after super kick, after super kick, after super kick. Matt and Nick Jackson are somewhere crying tears of joy at these super kicks being leveled at Kevin Owens. It was a super kick party and it was disturbing because this was a savage beatdown courtesy of the bloodline and Sami Zayn was growing more and more uncomfortable and Roman wanted more. He wanted the steel chair. He wanted to finish Kevin Owens, deliver the kill shot. And when he was about to do so, the fans are chanting for Sammy Uso, Sammy, Sammy, Sammy. And Sammy, when Roman's about to deliver the final shot, he steps in front of Kevin and says, enough. You've done enough. You've made your point. You're the tribal chief. I acknowledge you. You ain't got to do this. This is beneath you. You are above this. You can let this go. It's done. You've proven your point. Kevin's done for. Be done with this. And Roman stands down, but he tells Sammy, oh, no, I'm not going to do it. You're going to do it. And Sammy's like, I don't want the chair. I don't want the chair. I don't want the chair. Roman says, take the chair. And then he tells him that when you're in the ring with us, this is bloodline business. You take that jackass shit elsewhere. I'm like, oh shit, we're getting real personal now. And I love that part of the storyline. This um this is where Sammy was really when he Sammy Zayn sold this well because at first he sold rebelling. You know, he was rebelling because Roman was in his face and the man in him was like, nah, you're not gonna be in my face like that. Like and he, he turned and looked at him. Roman started yelling in his face more. And then he kind of started backing down a little bit, backing down a little bit. The subtle things like that where, you know, so you see Sammy wants to stand up for himself, but then he's like, nah, maybe I shouldn't do it. And I just, I love the the, the subtleties of the story. And, you know, we when you think about Sammy and KO, like they're they're the greatest of frenemies and and maybe wrestling history, especially with when you consider what this angle is going to do for Sammy Zayn um, or potentially both of them, depending on where they go with it. But there, we're going to get to it. But we end up getting one of the loudest reactions, <sighs> man maybe since Daniel Bryan versus Bray Wyatt in the steel cage where he had the entire crowd yesing slowly fast, no matter how, what speed he was doing it on top of the cage. That's the only reaction, at least recently that I could think of that rivals that. I mean, that was crazy. That pop was ridiculous. And it gives us flashbacks to Seth Rollins' betrayal to the, to the shield nearly 10 years ago. And that, it was shocking and it was very similar. The mirroring of the moment was insane. So Sammy has a steel chair and he is being told by Roman Reigns, do what you got to do. Sammy's hesitant. And when Roman turns his back, you can just feel the tension grow in the, in the stadium, I should say. And Sammy, should I, shouldn't I, should I, shouldn't I. When Roman fully turns his back, and Sammy winds up that steel chair and he whacks Roman Reigns in the back. Roman goes down. That pop for Sammy Zayn 
standing up for himself and basically telling the bloodline to go fuck themselves. That was one of the loudest pops I've ever heard on a WWE show. It was insane. And it perfectly mirrored the betrayal of Seth to Roman all those years ago. It was perfection. Because remember, Dean Ambrose, a.k.a. Mox, had the shock look of, what the hell is going on here? Bloodline, same position. What the hell is going on here? And the mirroring of this moment continues because Jay was the one that was most surprised because he said, I put out my neck for you and you did this. Yeah, it's, you know, it's kind of got me thinking like, Sammy, how do you... How do you keep Jay Uso a, a a good guy in this? Because the crowd wants to get behind Jay. The crowd started chanting Jay, 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 Jay. When Jay walked out after they started beating down Sammy, the crowd was with Jay. Like they're like, "Yeah, you're doing the right thing." So it, it kind of does make me wonder, like, where where do we go? Where, what's the where's the end game? And I think that's a great thing about this angle is. You could go in so many directions. Maybe Jay acts like he's cool with them. Sammy gets the title shot in Montreal, and Jay turns on him then. Sets up the title match at WrestleMania. Um, maybe Jay Uso turns on Jimmy during a tag during a tag title match, or he turns on Roman during a Universal title match, and Sammy beats him. They're like, there's so many things you could do, and Jay Uso has more than proven himself to be a capable singles guy. I wouldn't. Again, I. I one of my favorite WrestleMania matches is Eddie Guerrero versus Rey Mysterio opening match when they were both tag champions. I love watching partners wrestle each other because I think when you have a good tag team and they have chemistry wrestling with each other, they're normally pretty good against each other. Look at Dax and Cash. That was a great match of, of, of uh, partners. Every time Alex Shelley and Chris Saban link up, it's magic. I, I think we could have something. Sheamus and Drew McIntyre, you know what I mean? Like I think we could have something very similar uh, with that. Agreed. It was so great. And then the beatdown of Sami Zayn commences. Solo finally lands the Simone spike. Jimmy's like, this ain't your blood. We're your blood. What are you doing? And Jay's in the corner crying legit tears. Give him an Emmy for best supporting actor in a wrestling show because he wanted no part of this. He hated Sammy for turning on the family, but he still kind of loved Sammy and he was not here for this. He wasn't going to save him. He just had to walk away. And the pop he got for walking away was everything. And I cannot wait to hear his promo on SmackDown to explain himself. This will be one hell of a segment. He might deliver the promo of his life. The beatdown continues. And this is nuclear heat on Roman Reigns, something I don't think he's gotten thoroughly during this run he's been booed but not like this he got fuck you roman chance and he ate it up he took the lay and just poured pedal after pedal after pedal on sammy Zayn's body like fuck y'all like this is the heat he's been seeking all this time and you finally give it to him jimmy hits one more super kick on a defenseless kevin owens the show ends with sammy ko down and out Roman leaving like the final boss who has done the massacre via the Godfather. I thought this was outstanding. The angle has been shot at long last, the perfect time, the perfect place, the perfect way to wrap up the Royal Rumble. We are officially on the road to WrestleMania. Um, this is, I'm, I'm expecting a nice rating for Raw. 
I do wonder when we get I, – I would keep Sammy off TV for a couple weeks. And when he comes back, he comes back as the babyface NXT shaved hair, that Sammy Zayn, the, the, the fedora hat. I want the whole get up, the old music that the crowd can sing along to. Because let me tell you, when he goes to Montreal, they are going to sing him to the cr- – he don't have to have no music. They will sing him to the ring. And that's, that is legit. They have done it in NXT. They will do it there. And he don't have to hand out no lyrics. <laughs> and he don't even have lyrics to his songs, but he ain't got to hand none out. He'll get people to sing it. I, I mean, he is, he is that over. I, am, I, am, I think I'm of the mind where Roman needs to wrestle two nights. He needs to close one night and open the other night, you know, so the women can close one night too. Because I think Char- if Charlotte and Rhea is a match, I think that's a closing uh, night. I think that's a closing match night or a closing night match. Um, so, but I think Roman needs to defend the titles twice, one versus Sammy and one versus Cody. I agree. And if Sammy Zayn shows up shaved with the hat, you thought you was going to buy Beth Phoenix a whole dinner at Red Lobster? <laughs> <laughs> Sammy about to get the Admiral's feast. Yes. He's going to get the entire feast. He's going to get unlimited cheddar biscuits already off top. He is going to eat like a king. If he presents to me NXT Sami Zayn, oh my God, I would like fall out. But I love it. It needs to happen. OG music too. That crowd is going to sing him to the ring, serenade him throughout the entire night. Montreal, Quebec, Canada is going to be the most popping place in about a few weeks' time for Elimination Chamber. It is going to be heightened emotions. KO is going to be there too. And that'll be the next chapter of the reunion, hopefully, between KO and Sami Zayn. I am living for this storyline. Best damn thing in professional wrestling today. And this is how you cap off the Warrior Rumble. For those of you concerned about where does Cody fit in, don't worry about that right now because I'm sure they're going to tell this story when need be when Cody goes for Roman. You think he can go bar for bar with Roman? You're crazy. All you need is a personal animus and we're good to go because we got two royal families going at it. That's your story when it's time to pivot heading into WrestleMania season. Don't sweat the Sammy stuff right now. Cody's good when he finally has that moment face-to-face with Roman when it counts most. And I, I, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, I think when they do finally come face-to-face, because I don't think it's going to happen for at least another month, I think the crowd's going to go nuts. I think they're going to be fully with it and anticipating it. And again, Roman has two belts. Make that man defend both of those titles separately. They're doing it with the Usos. You can do it with Roman too. Like you you say we want to make WrestleMania in Hollywood the biggest WrestleMania ever. And that means Roman, you have two belts. You will be defending on both nights. And now you, you I mean, that's an easy way to solve your problem. It's an easy way to solve your problem. Or, or, which I think you could and it would be an all-time moment, you give Sami Zayn the Eddie Guerrero title win over Brock Lesnar um, and have like Kevin Owens show up to assist Sami Zayn and he beats Roman at the pay-per-view before. Like, I don't know if you want to do that, but you have options. You do. 
and you can have the crumbling of the bloodline and Jay doing whatever he's going to do could be teasing a future baby face run as well. So I love all of these ideas as to what they can do heading into WrestleMania season. And I do agree. Roman can definitely defend those titles separately on both nights of WrestleMania to really drive that point home. If you want to break those belts up, but overall, this was a very good Warrior Rumble. was not the greatest show ever, but I thought it was very good, much better than last year, and set the tone perfectly for WrestleMania season. Above all else, this show was not reliant on legends, and that is a great sign for this company because that has been a crutch for them for a very long time because you don't need the legends. They're nice to have when you need them, but you relied on the roster you have and NXT, and all in all, it was a serve. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I thought it, it kind of showed that the roster is expanding a little bit. Um, I do think a surprise would have helped kind of the middle portion, especially with the men's rumble. Um, but, you know, and as you know, and Michael Cole pointed out during the women's rumble too, apparently, because there was a, hit a nice lull in the middle, but uh, you know, it was, it was solid overall for the Royal rumble uh, 2023. I think I'm going to give it, six and a half tiers for the 2023 warrior rumble i am going to give this show seven tiers wow out of ten the main event tilted it for me no doubt no doubt great angle can't deny it rumbles were good not great but much better than what we got last year <laughs> which was a hot ass mess the the men's rumble was better than last year when gunther and sheamus came out first automatically <laughs> off top the rumble was already better yes we miss melina and her splits i can't break myself on this show today but that was a highlight because scott mentioned it and when <laughs> he mentioned it i thought about it i lost it so i missed that that it, was a highlight it would have been nice to have somebody randomly just dancing on the floor after they got eliminated that would have been great <laughs> And, and then have somebody in the ring mocking them while they're in the ring and they're on the floor both both doing the same dance move. That would have been fantastic. Memories. Memories, <laughs> y'all. Oh, and with that, it's now time to put a bow on this week's episode of The Wrap right here on the Fight Game Media Network. I want to thank Scott for joining me in the wee hours of the morning to put the show together as we recap the highs and lows of the 2023 Warrior Rumble. Thank you, Keela. As always, it's a pleasure to chop it up and talk all things WWE. Um, especially happy to, to talk to Royal Rumble. This is an event that brings together a lot of LAPS fans. So I, I hope there was enough to keep people intrigued and to bring them back. So um, I'm excited to see what happens next with every story that we got tonight. Except Me too. Except uh, the Howdy stuff. I just hope he's okay. No comment on the condition of Uncle Howdy. Because he didn't, he didn't land on nothing. <laughs> so <laughs> I just hope he's okay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you're supposed, like, like the person you hit the move on is supposed to kind of brace the impact. You know what I'm saying? And, and soften the blow a little bit. L.A. Knight rolled in after him. <laughs> you know, he tried to save his life. Listen, Pat McAfee didn't have to say goodbye to L.A. Knight like that, though. <laughs> he said, well, I guess that's it for him. <laughs> I'm telling you, they were on one all night. 
<laughs> I I might go back and watch it just so I can hear some of this stuff because I know I missed stuff like when the action was good, but they they were they were definitely on. Pat McAfee brings out the best in Michael Cole, and I hope he comes back. He's he's got to come back for WrestleMania. Yes, he better be back on SmackDown too. I like Wade Barrett, but bring me Pat McAfee back on SmackDown. I miss his energy so much. But yeah, the commentary team a rare highlight on a WWE show. A three person team not boring me or pissing me off that is progress by wwe we'll be back next sunday morning again because we'll be recapping the highs and lows from wwe vengeance day going down in charlotte north carolina the first saturday night takeover outside of florida in almost three years is gonna be quite the spectacle scott to see the crew leave florida for real prime time on a Saturday night. I'm really intrigued to see the reactions that some of these wrestlers get, in particular Braun and Carmelo Hayes, because Carmelo's facing Apollo. So I'm, I'm very curious to see the reactions that they both get. Um, I think it's going to be a solid NXT card, though. Yes, we'll cover it and hit some quick notes from the week that was in WWE as well. So until then, enjoy the week for myself and for Perky Scott Young. That's a wrap on the 2023 Warrior Rumble. Have a great week. Take care and bye-bye.